Today on Design for Victory, we are going to begin talking about fitness. But whether you exercise avidly or your idea of a workout is walking to the refrigerator, there is going to be something for nearly everyone. This episode is not an instructional how-to. Rather, we'll discuss the love of God, the difference between becoming healthy versus striving for peak physical fitness, the benefits of exercise, our motives for exercise, and how to overcome our excuses against it. If you'd like to learn about my personal coaching, my workshops for churches and Christian schools, or my Victory Life Group, which will be meeting for six months at a time, please visit designfordvictory.com. That's designed, the number four, victory.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Christian Health Journey. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome back. This is fun. I hope you're having fun. And I'm so grateful that you're letting me enter into your life and help you engage in a process of change from the inside out. As I explained in my first episode, I'll mostly be rotating through four categories of topics throughout this podcast. One is nutrition. The second is fitness. The third is identifying and addressing your psychological issues that are sabotaging your efforts at change. And the fourth is spiritual warfare. In episode one, we talked about setting goals, and I talked just a tiny bit about nutrition. In episode two, we talked about the very basics of nutrition and some tips to get you started on your quest for healthier eating right away. Just as a reminder, your self-control is at the store, not your refrigerator. Nutrition is not about counting calories. It's about getting the nutrients you need for life. Real food is food that is clean food in its closest form to nature. And fake food is everything we ingest that our bodies have to, quote, deal with. Everything that your body has to get rid of in order to sustain life. And finally, I mentioned that if you have any health issues or want to lose any weight, the first thing you should consider is getting rid of your sugar sources, including the bread products. Today, we're going to talk a little about fitness and exercise. Oh, no, not fitness. But wait. Don't turn off the podcast yet. Whether you are 200 pounds overweight and can hardly walk through your house, or whether you're a total gym rat, this episode will have something for everyone. But before we dive in, my brother said something today and I want to repeat it. And I'll do an entire episode on this eventually, but it's a really good statement and I want to quote it. He said, To truly be healthy, you need to know that you are loved. All Humans need to be loved long before they have any concept of respect and long before they are even self-aware. So love actually does trump any desire for respect or power or wealth or fame or comfort for that matter. We can live without all of those things if we are grounded in love. But if someone is deprived of love, especially in their childhood, their brain development is actually affected. And that's when we see a person seek respect, power, wealth, fame, or physical comforts to an excessive and unhealthy degree. So what about you? Do you know that you are loved? Well, if you're looking around at your human relationships, you may be full of healthy, loving relationships, or more likely you're not. We've all been hurt Many of us have been abused or neglected, abandoned, manipulated, ghosted, gaslighted. And quite often, when we are harmed, we blame ourselves and think that we must be unlovable. But here is some beautiful news. And it may sound trite, but it is the most important news you can ever hear and believe. 
and that is God wants you to let him love you. Now, I didn't say God loves you. As you've probably heard someone say a thousand times before, and you just roll your eyes. I said, God wants you to let him love you. You see, we have the power to love and the power to reject love. And true love does not force itself upon the beloved. That would not be love. That would be creepy (laughs) or a violation. True love respects your decision to accept it or reject it. So what I said is, God wants you to let him love you. And if you have not entered into a relationship with him, may I recommend that you say a simple prayer. And that is this, Jesus, if you're real and if you are God, please show me and help me to accept your love and begin a relationship with you. Now, you don't have to believe it yet, but if you just ask him to show you that he is real, Many an atheist has become a Christ follower eventually after such a request like this has been made. Just saying. And if you have entered into a relationship with God, know this. Your circumstances are not the evidence of whether or not he loves you. All humans endure pain. It is part of the consequences of living in a broken world where demonic forces are still influencing broken people. It is also a process for our growth. God's love is proven not because he spares you from pain, but because he spares you from eternal death. And he gives you his ear. He offers his grace, his wisdom, his strength for the battle. Tap into that. Get powered up by diving deep into your walk with him. Now, speaking of getting powered up, let's talk about fitness. Now, actually, I have one more note to make before we actually talk about exercise. I need to make something very clear, and that is this. When I speak with you about good health, it does not equate peak physical fitness. See, the majority of us will never achieve peak physical fitness, nor do we need to. We should not aspire to look like the cover of a magazine or like an Olympic athlete. So when I ask you to visualize your goals or what you will look like when you're healthy, please be careful not to sabotage your process and your relationship with God by thinking that the magazine cover or perfection of any kind is what you should be aiming for. In fact, sometimes the people on the fitness magazines who look like they're in peak physical fitness are actually not. Looking like they do may actually come as a result of damaging their bodies, not making their bodies healthier. You see, before a photo shoot where muscles are flexed and defined, bodybuilders often fast not only from food but also from water. That's how they get the skin to cling to their muscles to show off the definition. Also, models are notoriously unhealthy eaters, not because they eat unhealthy food but because they just don't eat at all and they're totally malnourished. So let's not strive to be cover models, okay? (laughs) Now, some of you actually will achieve peak physical fitness. Some of you are already in peak physical fitness. And some of you may be pro athletes or even Olympians or just insanely devoted to nutrition and fitness. In fact, one of my brothers was actually training for the Olympics. And as a side note, during his senior year in high school, I started playing this game called Punch Ryan in the Leg. I'd get people to punch him in his thigh because it was so muscular (laughs) that it felt like a wooden leg. I'm not even kidding. You'd almost like hurt your own hand when you'd punch him. After punching him, people would be so confused and I thought it was just hysterical. But that, my friends, is an example of peak physical fitness. And let's just face it. I, for one, never have and never will be there. 
and that's okay. But that doesn't mean we should be slovenly or let our bodies go to waste either. Rather, we should make it our aim to be healthy. Like, for real healthy. Not the American standard of mediocre for whatever your calendar age is. For example, I just turned 50. And compared to my age group, I'm in pretty good shape. Compared to my old self, I'm terribly out of shape. Some days I look at my peers and think, you know what, I'm fine. Who cares if I have a little love handles that are starting and I'm a size bigger than I used to be. Overall, I look fine and I'm fine. But other days, I look in the closet of clothes that I am one size too big for, or I get winded after a very short workout and I think, heck no, this does not have to be my new normal. I do not have to become old and worn out. I can reverse my calendar age. I can slow my aging process. I can get back into shape and be a healthy, well, someday senior. (laughs) I'm not senior yet. But I want to be a healthy senior when I get there. I do not have to become couch-locked. I do not have to end up with memory loss or diabetes or heart disease. I can do better for me, for my kids, for the work that Jesus has ahead of me. And by the way, there's my why that we talked about a couple weeks ago. So some of you are already in the zone of excellent health and or peak physical fitness, but You may need to shift your motives for fitness from vanity or from fear to honoring God with your body. And we're going to address that today too. So as you engage in the process that I take you through in this podcast, or if you get my book and engage even more deeply by using that material, I'll encourage you to set goals for you. Your goals will not be your best friend's goals or your cousin's goals or your spouse's goals. Gaining health will look different for each person. Now, for most Americans, improved health will probably result in some sort of weight loss and probably some sort of strength gain or fitness improvement. But perhaps your, quote, gaining health goal is to quit smoking or quit a pornography addiction or eliminate dependence on alcohol or to address some other physical or psychological health issue. This is the time to focus on you, and don't let society set your agenda. People who love you may help you set a healthy agenda for yourself, but ultimately, you need to decide on your goals for you. Now, we talked about dreams, goals, and steps in my first episode, so if you didn't listen to that, please go back and do so. It is really the foundation upon which to build. If you skip identifying your dreams and breaking them into goals and then breaking those goals into steps, you'll probably fail. Just saying. Please also note this really important truth. When we discuss the fact that God values our physical bodies, do not think that he loves you any less if you have a physical disability or disease. When I ask you to pray about your health goals and visualize yourself healthy with Jesus, please, whatever you do, Do not think that I am implying in any way that someone with a congenital disease is less loved by God than someone born with the DNA of a track star. Or if you have let yourself get very, very unhealthy and made very bad decisions, whether it's bad food decisions, whether it's drug decisions, alcohol decisions, pornography decisions, smoking decisions, whatever it is that you have done, wherever you are, that doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean you're not lovable. If you made bad decisions, God still loves you. 
or rather I should say, God still offers his love to you. See, Jesus showed us that when he built relationships with people, he built them with people in every walk of life, from prostitutes and fishermen to the religious elite. He loved rich and poor, healthy and sick, powerful and powerless. So please never make the mistake of thinking that if you have a disability or if you have quote unquote sinned too much, or if you have a congenital disease or a disability or whatever, don't think that God loves you any less than anyone else. All right? What I will be talking about is what you do with the body that God has given you. When we damage our bodies, I believe that it grieves God. And we shortchange ourselves from the joy that comes with health. If we are sick or in pain due to our own bad decisions, we may miss out on opportunities to enjoy life, work, friends, family, and the impact we can have in God's kingdom. But I want you to know from the beginning that no matter what you look like, No matter what your physical condition, our Heavenly Father loves you and wants the best for you. So now I have a few questions for you. If you need to pause the episode to think about your answers, please do that. I'm not asking the questions for no reason. I'm asking so that you can process your issues. You clearly want to improve yourself. That's why you're listening to this. So do the work, okay? Okay. Now, the first question is this. What issues do you have that are within your scope of responsibility for change? For example, if you were born without an arm, you can't change that, but you can change your attitude about it. If you have type 1 diabetes, you can't change that, but you can modify what you eat. You may have no disabilities. You may just love bread, but you need to lose 25 pounds And you know that bread is probably what you need to eliminate. So let me ask you the question again so that you can ponder it. What issues do you have that are within your scope of responsibility to change? And if you need to pause the episode, nothing's popped into your head right away, go ahead and pause. Now, if you have something in your mind, let me ask you this. Do you think that if you dealt with this issue, your health would improve? Well, that's probably a pretty obvious answer, so we'll move to the next question. If your health improved, do you think you'd have more energy for activities such as lifestyle pleasures, work, family, and even volunteering in your church or a nonprofit? So when you answer these questions, do you see how you being healthier could be a concern for your Heavenly Father? It's both because He cares for you and wants you to live your best life on this planet. And it's also because he knows that living your best life is contributing to all these other things he cares about, including loving your community, whatever that community may be, whether it's a family community, a church community, your neighborhood, whatever. Now we're going to talk about fitness. So in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, Paul says this, Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Therefore, run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow at my own body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, 
I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. You see, Paul uses athletics for metaphor for the spiritual experience. God has given you your body. So whatever is your personal best, and it may be more than what you think it is, by the way, then that is what you should offer to him. How sad it is that so many Christians live in unnecessary pain and negative health conditions. I'm not saying that all pain and ailments are our own fault. Some are beyond our control, as we've already discussed. However, what if you had a great car, but someone slashed the tires, and then you just let the car sit on the lawn and get rusty? Maybe sometimes you'd sit in the car and play the radio. That's nice. But what a waste. Actually, that's what so many of us do with our bodies. We let them rot and then complain that we can't do anything without aches or pains. We let them decay and then we can't put them to much good use. The sad part is that we don't even realize how much we're missing out on because we've basically become satisfied with using the defunct car in the front yard as an outdoor radio and a lawn chair. Did that analogy make sense to you? If so, what parallels can you see between it and your own situation, if any? Pause if you need to think about this. Now imagine for a moment that you have an endless well of energy like a little kid. You have little to no fat weighing you down and your muscles are strong. Your joints don't hurt and you don't get tired when you don't find it hard to breathe, when you exercise. In fact, you feel wonderful when you're active. Can you imagine that for a moment? Can you close your eyes and imagine that that is your reality? Just picture it. Picture being that little kid, but as a grown-up, with all that energy, being pain-free, and doing things that are fun. In that state of being, what would you love to do? Now, I really want you to consider this. So if you need to push pause, again, push pause if you need to think about it. If exercise and activity actually made you feel good, what activities do you think you'd enjoy? Would you like to go hiking with friends, rollerblade through the city, or along a bike path next to a river? Would you take up swimming, learn to do a backflip off a diving board? Maybe you would take salsa dancing lessons or go skiing, have a day of marathon sex. Would you crank out a day of manic cleaning or move some furniture or paint a room? Would you simply like to stroll around the block on a sunny day? All answers are legit here. So if you didn't push pause to ponder when I originally asked you the question, perhaps pause now and really think about it. If you have tons of energy and no pain and activity actually made you feel good, What activities do you think that you would enjoy? Don't move forward until you can think of something physically active you'd enjoy if you could, in fact, enjoy physical activity. For some, this will be a short mental exercise. Your list is a mile long of things that you would like to do, much of which you may already be doing. And the list just grew longer (laughs) with some of my suggestions. But for others, you can't even remember ever having felt good doing physical activity. You may find yourself short of breath just listening to this podcast. So (laughs) once you have an activity in mind that you would enjoy doing if your body were energetic and pain-free, take a moment to imagine yourself doing that activity or activities pain-free with plenty of energy, stamina, and lung capacity. Imagine here and now a pleasurable feeling of joy, accomplishment, and excitement. Whatever this activity would generate if you accomplished it in a perfect state of health, energy, and power. 
Now breathe in, imagine, and feel it. Now take a look at the timestamp of this episode because you may want to come back to it. If your head is full of negative voices, excuses, and fears as a result of the last mental exercise, I'm going to challenge you to write them down in a journal or a notebook. Be honest. You need to address these mental obstacles. And when you've had a chance to write them down, all those negative feelings or negative thoughts that came into your head, take a look at them. Tell yourself right now that these are lies. Negativity, fears, and excuses, they're all lies of the enemy. They are not from Jesus. What you can do is take time to lift each of the negative thoughts up to Jesus and ask him to change your perspective to his perspective. Ask him to change the negative voices in your head to voices of hope and love and power. Ask him to change the negative words into words of hope and love. Now, if you're somewhere where you can close your eyes, please do. I'd like to take you through a quick mental exercise. If you're driving or working out or whatnot, then hopefully you can visualize this anyways. But if not, again, you may want to take a look at the timestamp so that you can come back to this exercise when you can actually sit and think for a minute. Throughout this podcast, there's going to be times when we do little mm, mental visual exercises. They're somewhat like meditations. They can kind of be like prayers, but one of my best friends and I call them processes. So I'm going to walk you through this process that I call the training yard exercise. Visualize yourself. You're standing somewhere all alone. If that place looks bleak or ugly, change it. This place needs to be a place where you feel safe. It's not scary. It should be a lovely place full of light and calm and even beauty. And then notice that Jesus is standing in front of you and a little to your right. He has paid the price for your freedom from slavery and the adoption into the family of his father, the king. Now he wants to prepare you to enter the castle of the king. You have a purpose and a role in his kingdom order, but you're not ready for it. You've been abusing your body or letting others abuse it. You've let negative voices and negative words paint the setting in your mind. So it's time for some healing. In your mind's eye, see yourself walking on the countryside with Jesus. And ahead of you, you see the castle. But you look at yourself and you're dressed in drab, ugly attire. You are actually dirty too and you need a bath and a good scrub under your fingernails. Look at Jesus to your right. Ask him to prepare you. Now see yourself again. You are clean and clothed in his glory. Then Jesus leads you to the giant courtyard in the castle. You see a warrior's training ground. It is full of people. Some are training with swords. Others are on obstacle courses. Some are walking on fire pits. Some are engaged in martial arts. Some are meditating. And others are working out in various ways. It may look like more than you could ever hope to achieve. But Christ himself has brought you here. And he says to you, come on, let's get started. You can do this, and I'm going to help you every step of the way. Now, ask him, will you help me to picture myself as a person who is healthy? Of course, he replies. Then you turn to your right, where he is standing by your side. He shows you a full-length mirror. You look in the mirror and see yourself. At this moment, what do you see? If what you saw was ugly... Pray, Jesus, show me how you see me. 
Now look in the mirror again and watch it transform. You're not there yet, but Jesus assures you, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So how did the vision of you in the mirror transform when you looked at it for the second time? If you didn't see it transform, ask Christ to show you how he sees you again and how he designed you to be. Dare to see yourself through his love and not your shame. I hope that during this exercise, you were able to see some transformation and experience a shift in your thinking or self-perception. Just to be clear, this mental exercise was not about seeing yourself with whatever you think is a perfect body. It was about seeing yourself as beautiful because you are beautiful to God. Taking care of the body he gave you is important, but this exercise is designed to help you to identify the negative voices and see yourself as God sees you. He sees you as beloved and full of potential for this life. Now, are we finally going to talk about exercise? Well, yes, (laughs) but probably not how you think. See, when I talk about fitness in this podcast, it can't really be instructional because teaching exercise is, at minimum, a visual experience. That's one of the reasons I'm launching a YouTube channel. Once again, on that channel, one of the kind of episodes that I'll be doing is that I'll be visiting different kinds of fitness instructors I'll be interviewing them, and then we'll do a 20-minute mini workout with them so that you can sample all sorts of kinds of workouts right from your living room instead of spending tons of money on classes to find what kind of exercise you actually enjoy. But on the podcast, when we talk about fitness, we're going to talk more about mindset, motivation, and other related factors. So today, I want to debunk a ridiculous lie that has entered our culture, and that lie is that exercise is about burning calories. See, there's a myth that says losing weight equals burning more calories per day than you eat. But the problem is, is our fat storing and burning processes are far more complicated in measuring calories in versus calories burned, yet it's hard to find a personal trainer or even a general practitioner that says otherwise. First of all, I hope you've already begun to understand that not all calories are the same, 200 calories of broccoli or leafy greens is in no way the same as 200 calories of white bread or candy bars or soda. 200 calories of broccoli will be used by the body to conduct essential life functions. 200 calories of negative foods will harm the liver, overwork the pancreas, and the adrenals will cause a reaction that keeps your brain feeling hungry will contribute to insulin resistance, will contribute to inflammation throughout your body, and will be stored as fat. It contributes zero to your health. On the other hand, calories from healthy foods get used by your body to sustain life. Calories in negative foods wage war on your body instead of empowering it. I need to beat that into your brain, okay? (laughs) So what this means, and I cannot say it emphatically enough, is that you cannot eat a candy bar and then hit the gym to make up for it. Eating negative foods does damage to your body that is not fixed by expending calories in exercise. Think of it this way. Imagine that you throw a baseball through a window and hit a small child sitting on the other side of that window. You cannot simply sweep up the broken glass and say that you've neutralized the situation. There's a child who is bleeding on the floor and in need of medical attention, and the window must be replaced. 
When we eat sugar or fat-laden treats or overprocessed crap and think that running a mile or two will, quote, burn it off, it's like sweeping up that broken glass and thinking that all is well. Much more damage has been done by the harmful foods than you can fix with exercise. However, exercise does have a host of benefits, and I'm about to do some work to convince you of it. I just want you to eliminate the line of thinking that says that the purpose of exercise is to burn calories. Exercise does empower your body in many, many ways. But exercise does not negate the damage you do to your body when you eat negative foods. So I encourage you to listen to my first episode of this podcast, if you have not already, to get your mind wrapped around the concept of healthy food versus negative food, and that a much more effective approach to nutrition than calorie counting is actually focusing on eating healthy food. Okay, now, to wrap up this episode, I'm going to do two things. First, I want to motivate you by going over some of the wonderful benefits of exercise. Then, I want to talk about realistic goals And I will address three categories of people. First, those of you who are nearly immobile, be it because of excess weight or health condition. Second, those of you who, like me, have put on a little weight over the years or during the COVID homestays and need to just get off your butts and do what we know we need to do and are quite capable of starting. And third, those of you who are already exercising regularly. Yes, I have something to say to you too. So what are the positive benefits of exercise? Let's get motivated to get moving. First, there's positive effects on blood pressure. Exercise lowers triglycerides, which is the bad cholesterol, and increases the HDL, which is your good cholesterol. Second, exercise helps mood elevation. You see, exercise stimulates the brain to produce endorphins and serotonin and dopamine and norepinephrine, the feel-good chemicals. It also stimulates something called BDNF, which can help reduce depression and enhance memory, and it helps produce GABA, which also can help fight depression. Exercise on so many levels can actually help your mood get better. Yay! Third, exercise helps your cardiovascular health. This is obvious, but here's how. Exercise delivers oxygen and nutrients to your tissues and helps your cardiovascular system work more efficiently and effectively. Number four, exercise helps improve balance. Now, this is a particularly big deal, especially when we age. With good balance, although you may slip on some ice, you won't fall down, or you may avoid twisting or breaking an ankle. You may avoid falling and incurring damage that could be the beginning of the end. Balance is also really important for a lot of different conditions such as Parkinson's disease. So the more we exercise, the better off our brain and our muscle structure and our bones and everything are for balance. That's really important. Five, uh, exercise may improve sleep patterns even for insomniacs. Now, there are some studies on this and they're in their infancy, but it looks pretty consistent that exercise routines can help insomniacs sleep better after about four months of consistent exercise. It's not a quick fix, but it is a good one without any negative side effects. So that's good. Also, I I would put out there that exercising in the sunlight would even be more because that sunlight has 
the power to reset our circadian rhythms that are affecting sleep and melatonin production and all that kind of stuff. So exercise and then also exercising in sunlight would give that extra boost towards helping people to sleep better. Number six is muscle tone. Now, this is not just aesthetic. It's functional. Whether the muscle is bulky or lean, it empowers you to do more without getting tired. Whether it's carrying in the groceries or picking up the kids, doing whatever you want to do. Also, building muscle helps increase how many calories our bodies burn even when they're at rest. Also, the more muscle we have, the more energy we have. Now, why? That's because muscle tissue cells are densely populated with mitochondria. And mitochondria is where your energy is produced. Yay! So like if you remember, I don't know, seventh grade biology, but the mighty mitochondria is where your energy is made. And mitochondria are really proliferate throughout your muscles. So more muscles equals more energy. Anyways, let's move on to number seven. (laughs) Number seven, increased bone density. As we age, this becomes more and more important. Fragile bones are at greater risk for breaks. Most of us probably know an elderly person who had a bad fall and only went downhill from there, quote unquote. The best exercise for increasing bone density is anything that's considered weight-bearing. Those are things like weight training, walking, running, or dancing. Anything where your body weight is not removed from the situation or you're actually adding weight, like from the weights. Non-weight-bearing exercise is activities like swimming and biking or even uh, rowing, right? So muscle building activity like weight training is also really helpful because increased muscle actually contributes to increased bone density or at least the slowing of bone loss in osteoporosis. Number eight, brain health. Studies are showing that those who exercise regularly are less likely to get Alzheimer's even if they have the genetic component for it. Even Parkinson's patients can slow the progress of their disease with exercise regimes, especially those who are focused on balance like yoga or tai chi. When you exercise, you're getting an increased blood flow to your brain, which helps with anything the brain needs to do, (laughs) whether it's studying or remembering a name or prevention from aging. That blood flow helps the health of your brain. Number nine, yes, fat burning. Yes, exercise will increase your metabolism and help you to burn fat. Exercise demands energy from your muscles, and cells first use up sugar stores for the energy, but then they also start using the fat. So yes, exercise can reduce your fat. But that's only one of nine things I just mentioned that exercise is good for. So, and maybe you can even think of some additional benefits of exercise to you personally in your own life. Finally... I'd like to give a few words to each kind of listener here. First, if you're already an avid exerciser, keep up the good work. But check your motives. Your motives may be pure, but they also may be riddled with issues. And now is a good time to start working on them. Do you work out because you fear rejection? Do you believe that as long as you stay fit, you'll be lovable? Well, the truth is that you are loved, as we discussed at the beginning of this episode. Do you work out so much that you neglect other important aspects of your life, like your family or time with Christ or opportunities to volunteer with your church? If exercise has become a god to you, if it rules your life, 
you need to bring it to Jesus and ask him for his help to get your priorities back in check. Fitness is not the end goal. Fitness is a tool for living life to your fullest. That means loving others and participating in the expansion of God's kingdom through loving your family, loving your neighbor, serving your community, participating in the life of your church, etc. So my question for you to ponder is this. What is the motive for fitness? Is there fear involved? Is there pride? Are you trying to impress someone or the world? Are you trying to prove yourself? What are you trying to prove? And is there anything in your life that you're neglecting in exchange for your workout time? Are you neglecting your relationship with God, your spouse, your family, or your community of faith? Second, to those of you on the other end of the spectrum, unless you're a quadriplegic, there is something you can do. Even people with conditions that have them bound to a wheelchair can exercise. You may need the assistance of a physical therapist, but you can do something. Now, few if any of my listeners are going to be in those situations, so let's come a little more center on the spectrum. Many of you may have a very difficult time exercising because of being overweight or having age-related conditions such as arthritis. The following is the exhortation to you. There is something you can do. In my first episode, I mentioned a woman I've counseled who needs to lose about 200 pounds. She works from home and is in a lot of pain every day. Her knees and her back hurt all the time, and she feels stuck. She knows that she can't exercise, but she needs to. She doesn't see how she can exercise when she can barely walk up the stairs. Along with some serious dietary changes, I encouraged her to start taking a daily walk with her cane around the front yard and to have her son bring an outdoor chair into her front yard so that after her one lap around the yard, she could sit for 10 minutes per day in the sunshine. That is her first step. Your first step may be that simple. I also know a yoga instructor who does an entire class of chair yoga for elderly and Parkinson's patients. Water aerobics is also a great investment. Get over how you look in a bathing suit. No one in that class cares. (laughs) Moving in the water is so kind to your joints and can be so effective. So if you explore your options, you may discover that there is things you can do pretty much no matter what your condition. So my question to you is this, what are your excuses? Write them down, consider them, work through them. And if one of the excuses that you have is that you just don't know how to start, research it. You have the world at the tip of your fingers on your computer. Finally, to all of us who are somewhere in the middle, What is your excuse for not exercising? Is it intimidation? Is it fear of judgment when you get back into the gym or the classes because you've gained weight or lost muscle mass and you can't do what you used to do? Is it busyness? You hardly have enough time in your day to survive, let alone take care of yourself. Is it laziness? You're just too comfortable sitting on the sofa? Is it fatigue because you haven't gotten enough sleep? Whatever it is. We in this category have got to figure out our excuses so that we can overcome them and get our bodies as healthy as we can. When my kids were preschool age, I was going to the YMCA five days a week. It served both as my time to stay in shape and also my hour per day without any kids. Yay, we had free childcare there. <laughs> so, but there was this woman in one of my classes who I found out was 82 years old and we became friendly. She was in that class every week without fail. It was called Pump. 
And we did these amazing weightlifting workouts to music. I loved that class. To this day, it is probably my most favorite class I've ever had. Now, I was using very heavy weights in that class. And at the time, I was probably using more weight than most of anyone else there. But I admired this 82-year-old lady because she came in and used one-pound weights the whole time. But she was doing it twice a week, every week. She was also doing water aerobics classes on other days. To this day, my memory of her serves as an inspiration. She told me one time that the key was to never stop. Now, I've broken that rule. I stopped. 2020 was not kind to anyone. And I got out of shape in the last two years. I stopped my patterns and I need to get my butt off the sofa and get moving again because I'm freaking 50 years old and I don't want to become sedentary. I don't want to become decrepit. So like many of you, I cannot do what I used to do because I've let myself become inactive. And for me, I feel like I just don't have time to get to the gym nor do I want to because I'm hyper-cautious about COVID. But that is no excuse. I can still exercise. It's just going to have to be different than what I've traditionally done. I can work out at home. I can take long walks. I can lift weights. And I can do five to ten minute bursts throughout my day instead of having to get into workout clothes and take a shower when I'm done. So that time excuse it really isn't an excuse. I want to encourage you to start where you are and then grow your strength in cardiovascular fitness. My challenge to all of my peers in this category, which is not just age peers, but people who are somewhere in the middle of the extremes, and we've got a bunch of excuses for why we're not working out, why we're not getting fit. First, I want you to write out your excuses. Then correct yourself. Perhaps create two columns. And at the top of one of the columns, write my excuses. And at the top of the other column, write the solutions. Then, for every excuse you write down, I'm too tired, I don't have time, etc. Then in the other column, write down the solution for your excuse. Like, uh, So here's an example. If my excuse is that I don't have time, the solution for me is to pause your work three times a day to do five minutes of weights. That's how I'm going to correct my excuse. Because five minutes a day in the middle of my work day is not a big deal. And I can do that and it, it will have benefit to my body. And then what you do is you start something, anything. Just get moving. That's, that's it. That's all I got to say today. Today, I, I hope and I pray that you will see the need for exercise. That you will feel encouraged that no matter where you are on the spectrum of health, wherever you are on the spectrum, there's something you can do. And we need to do it. We need to get healthy. Christians should be healthy because we've got work to do on this planet. So if you're a Christian, go ahead and and pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you love us no matter what condition we're in. You love us no matter what DNA we got. And you love us even if we've made really bad decisions to this point. But I pray for all those who are listening that you would empower them and me to start making really good decisions, to be motivated, to get healthy, both for our own benefit, but also to the benefit of others so that we can serve more. We can be happier. We can serve in your kingdom. Heavenly Father, our bodies matter. 
Otherwise, you wouldn't have bothered, Jesus, you wouldn't have bothered healing people when you were on this planet if our bodies didn't matter. You would have just said believe and walked away. So we pray that you would empower us to make the changes we need in our health. Help us to be motivated. Help us to find accountability so that we can stay motivated. And help us to get moving. Help us to become our own personal healthiest in our relationships, in our walk with you, in our emotions, and in the physical fitness of our bodies. We thank you. We love you. We pray these things for your glory and for our good. Amen. This has been Designed for Victory with Carolyn Scott. To get free downloads, book counseling appointments, sign up for Victory Life Groups led by me, or learn about how your church or school can schedule a one-day workshop, go to designedforvictory.com. That's designed, the number four, victory.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Christian Health Journey. Hope to talk to you soon.